0: To another episode of It's the Flat Out Truth podcast. I'm your host, Bravo Cologne. How was everybody's week? I hope it was a healthy, productive, and a very fulfilling week. Last week, we touched on the topic Is the Earth Flat? which prompted more research and brought forth more information on the subject. We will be putting the links to all the information we are providing on this podcast on our blog at it's itstheflatouttruth.wordpress.com. There you can find all of the transcripts to our podcast and links to informative websites to help start you in your own research if you haven't begun as of yet. We urge you to do your own research because you may stumble upon something That might have been overlooked or you might see something that will bring you to a wow or aha moment. Either way, we are not professing to have the answers to everything. But as stated in prior podcasts, we know the one who does. The truth is an inevitable reality. Though it may be hidden from plain sight, it has a way of surfacing. For some, at a most inconvenient time, and for others, right on time. The truth could be compared to a flame of a candle. The flame burns bright for all to see, but what happens if that candle is placed inside a box and left unattended? The candle will continue to burn, but the flame will find a way to consume that box and reveal itself for all to see. That is why I believe all these distractions are taking place. Because the truth is being revealed and the agenda of the wicked one is being exposed for all to see. Like the flame that consumed the box. The truth has a funny way of showing up, especially for those who plot evil continually. As I stated in last week's podcast, I was unaware of the indoctrination that had taken place via the educational system, teaching us that the earth is a globe. If we stop to look at when this first globe was created and by whom, we may have a better idea as to why. Historically, we find that the first globe was invented by none other than Nicholas Copernicus. The date is unclear. He created many globes to show how his theory of the sun being the center would work. While in 1492, a German mapmaker by the name of Martin Beheim, I hope I'm saying his name right, is recorded as creating the first ever globe, which was to be a miniature representation of the earth. But prior to 1450, the flat earth theory was the common belief in Western society. So how then, do we ask ourselves, how did this change the common belief that the earth is flat? Well, I return you to the personage of Joseph Goebbels. He asserted that a lie told once remains a lie, but a lie told a thousand times becomes the truth. It was by this constant brainwashing and reprogramming of the mind that led us to forget about the truth. And we ended up believing the lie as we see in Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 9 to 12, where Shaul Paul writes the coming of the lawless one is connected to the activity of Satan with all power and signs and false wonders and with every kind of wicked deception toward those who are perishing and they perish because they did not accept the love of the truth so as to be saved for this reason God sends them a delusional force to lead them to believe what is false so that they may be judged. All those who did not believe the truth but delighted in wickedness. And again, as Yeshua forewarned us in Matthew chapter 24 verses 23 to 27, then if anyone says to you, look, Here's the Messiah, or there he is. Do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and show great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the chosen. In some versions, it'll say the elect. Let's continue. See, I have told you beforehand. So if they say to you, look, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. Or look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For just as lightning comes from the east and flashes as far as the west, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. This very well could be what they were pointing to. But you ask, How could that be possible? We have the Bible, and we have never seen that before. For this study, we will look at our key verse, which is verse 24, in the Greek as defined by Strong's, looking at the key words, false prophets, signs, wonders, lead astray, or deceive, and chosen. The first one, false prophets, is G5578. And Thayer defines it as one who, acting the part of a divinely inspired prophet, utters falsehoods under the name of divine prophecies. A false prophet. Signs, Thayer defines it as a sign, a mark, a token. That by which a person or thing is distinguished from others and is known. A sign, prodigy, a portent, uh, an example, an unusual occurrence transcending the common course of nature. Of signs portending remarkable events soon to happen. Of miracles and wonders by which God authenticates the men sent by him or by which men prove that the cause they are pleading is God's. The third word, wonders, is uh, defined as a prodigy, portent, miracle, performed by anyone. The fourth, to lead astray or deceive. Thayer defines it as to cause to stray, to lead astray, lead aside from the right way, to go astray, wander, roam about, metaphorically to lead away from the truth, to lead into error, to deceive, to be led into error, to be led aside from the path of virtue, to go astray, sin, to sever or fall away from the truth of heretics, to be led away into error and sin. And the the last word, which is chosen or elect, Thayer defines it as picked out, chosen, or chosen by God. Let me clarify that the definitions used here are from the Thayer because they're in the New Testament, which follows strong system of identifying the words for the purpose of translation. And the reason that I seek out the definitions is to get a clearer picture as to what the original author was trying to convey. Let us read once again after we went over the key words in Matthew chapter 24, verses 23 to 27. Then, if anyone says to you, look, here's the Messiah, or there he is, do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and show great signs and wonders, so as to lead astray, if possible, even the chosen. See, I have told you beforehand. So if they say to you, look, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. Or look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For just as lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west so shall be the coming of the Son of Man. See, Yeshua was giving us a heads up as to what was to eventually happen in verse 24. He said that false messiahs and false prophets would rise up and that they would perform great signs, miracles, and instant healings to lead the very elect astray if it were possible, which takes me back to prior to the year 1450, when the Western belief was that of a flat earth. Hmm. Throughout the years, the constant drip of heliocentricity upon the minds of young students who would soon unconsciously abandon the geocentric belief that had been passed down throughout the generations, which, when you look at it, it promotes the very fact that Elohim is its creator, as stated in Genesis, chapter one, verse one. Bereshit bara Elohim et hashamayim veet haaretz. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. That is why we have to wake up out of our slumber. Deception is an art for Hasatan. And he has crafted it in a way to make it look like the truth. Then how can you tell the truth from a lie, you ask? Well, the truth will never contradict the infallible word of Elohim, the God of Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. His word is true, and no lie is found in it. Now, I repeat, no one took me by the hand to reveal this to me, other than the word of Elohim. Read Genesis chapter 1 really slow, line by line, and you too may be able to see what I saw, if you're up to it. Morpheus told Neo in The Matrix to pick the blue pill, and it would have all been a dream. But if he took the red pill, he would show him how deep the rabbit hole was. Well, my friend, I'm here to tell you that the rabbit hole is a lot deeper than anyone could have imagined. But the truth has always been there before us. We just have to want to accept it. Otherwise, it will appear camouflaged right before our eyes. Let's take a look at what science says for a second. And we're told by the experts at NASA who are liars that the Earth spins at a speed of 1,000 miles an hour at the equator and it revolves around the sun at another approximately 17 miles per second, which translates to about 61,200 miles per hour. Whoa, that's really fast. At that speed, does it even make sense That at times you can't even feel the wind blowing or see a flag flapping in the wind. Open the window of your car while you're traveling at a speed of 60 miles per hour. Which is nowhere nearly as fast as the supposed spinning of the so-called earth. You could feel the pressure of the wind pushing your arm back. I think you can see where I'm going with this. It just goes against all logic. Yet there are some of you that will stick to the scientific reasoning that the experts in the lab coats and clipboards have somehow proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that we live on a big blue marble. While some will earnestly defend the theory that because of its immense size that it is almost impossible to feel the speed of its rotational energy. Speed is speed. Then how else could it be measured? These are questions that may never be answered for the general public, but there are a number of top-secret classified documents that explain all of this. But only time will tell. When they become available for us to read, and only what they deem is allowed to be revealed. There's a supposed photograph taken by the Apollo 17 crew back on December 7th, 1972, from a distance of 29,000 kilometers or 18,000 miles from the surface of the Earth. It is found in NASA's archive under AS17-148-22727. As you can see in the photograph, there are no distinguishable stars in the background. But every pic that is created of the supposed globe Earth is nothing more than CGI. How could it be possible to know what the Earth looked like as a globe way before we allegedly went to the moon prior to 1969? That is easily proven by Universal Pictures spinning globe logo universal pictures spinning globe which was redesigned between every five to ten years in between first depicting what appears to be representing the rings of saturn and then to represent the globe earth up to the present day logo we witness every time we see a universal pictures movie how did they know what the world looked like prior to the alleged Apollo missions to the moon? Suggestive programming of the minds. Tell a lie a thousand times, it becomes the truth. So then how did Universal Pictures know what the Earth as a globe looked like? What references did they turn to so that they could compare their finished product to the imagination is limitless as they subtly attempt to program the manner of thinking and the belief system of the masses via visual stimulation. Yeshua has said in the Gospel of Yokanan or John, chapter 3, verses 12 and 13, If I have told you earthly things and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the son of man, which is in heaven. We are taught this doctrine of a globe earth from a very early age. So as to forget our spiritual origins and become enslaved both mentally and spiritually to a system that seeks to erase the knowledge of our creator from our very soul. This way, They feed us what they want us to know, and we will willingly accept it as truth without questioning any of it. What a diabolical plan. Such subtle movement. There is a remnant of people who are not satisfied by what the mainstream has to say. They are the ones who are opening the proverbial can of worms, researching and exposing the lies of Hasatan for those who are willing to take a look at the truth from every angle, all while receiving criticism from the so-called experts at NASA and the education system. There are things that science can prove, and there are other things that science cannot prove. For all that science attempts to disprove the existing of God, it fails drastically in that archaeology continues to unearth evidence of biblical events that have been recorded as factual as far back as we have been able to go on the timeline of human existence. You know, we're all responsible for seeking out the flat-out truth, and there is no excuse for ignorance especially in this age of information when so much is readily available for us to grasp hold of. Now, I know many will say, but you can't believe everything you read. And to that, I say you're right. You cannot believe everything that you read, or anything that they say for that matter. You must research, research, and research some more. And then compare your research so that you can come up with your own conclusion as to what you will accept as the truth versus what do the experts say the truth is. It has been said that salvation is an individual process. In other words, I cannot run your race and you cannot run mine. We must each run our own race. The only one with the power to save is the God of Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. Salvation exists in no one else for there is no other name given under heaven by where man shall be saved. That's found in Acts chapter four, verse 12. So let's not turn the blind eye to the truth that is spelled out before us. If you're willing to accept it, perfect. And if not, then that's okay too. But I will continue to do my part in bringing you the flat-out truth by the will of God. What we have spoken of here has not even scratched the surface of the biblical proof of a flat, stationary, enclosed earth. Each example and prove branches out to so many other areas of discussion that everything cannot be covered in one sitting but we would like to see you get involved as well with us in this journey for the truth so if you have any questions that you would like answered on any one of our podcasts please submit your questions your comments or insights if you wish to at its the flat out truth at gmail.com So getting back to the question, is the earth flat? I know what I believe and I know why. But the question remains, what do you believe? Ask yourself this, why do you believe what you believe? Do you believe the earth is flat or a ball? Do you believe in the creation account of the Bible or do you lean more towards evolution? And that, my friend, is for you to decide. I can't make that decision for you. I can only offer you the data that is presented to me in my researching this subject. But you have to be honest with yourself. Completely honest. When you find the answer, you might be pretty surprised as to the why. And then a whole new level of understanding will open up for you as it did for me. Will we ever know the truth? I believe the truth is right here before our eyes. We're just too stubborn to realize it or even accept it. But the truth has a funny way of revealing itself at the most inopportune moments. The scientists want to prove evolution. The creationists want to prove scientists are wrong. And it almost seems like a never-ending battle of fact versus fiction. And only you can decide what truth is for you. Yeshua walked the earth about 2,000 years ago, preaching the truth. And there were many who did not accept neither him or the truth of God, which he brought to his people. You see, truth is like gold. It's hard to dig up and has a grand price tag attached to it. Yeshua said in Matthew chapter 7 verse 7, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. But a word of caution. Don't set out to seek unless you're ready to see how far and how deep the rabbit hole really is. So, what we can definitely take away from all this is that the truth is being hid. But why? And for what reason? What happens once the truth is revealed? I was asked once, what does it matter if the earth is flat? Does it have a bearing on your salvation? The answer I gave was in essence, yes, it does. Because if I don't believe in that part of God's infallible word, then how can I believe the rest? In closing, I want to say that we all have choices to make. And on those choices depend what reward we receive, whether good or bad, life or death. Moses told the children of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 12 to 20, It is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us? that we may hear it and do it. Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very nigh unto thee, in thy mouth and in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil in that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments, and his statutes, and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply, and the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. But if thine heart turn away, so that thou wilt not hear, but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish and that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land whither thou passest over the Jordan to go to possess it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life That both thou and thy seed may live. That thou mayest love the Lord thy God. And that thou mayest obey his voice. And that thou mayest cleave unto him. For he is thy life and the length of thy days. That thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. To Abraham, to Isaac, and to Yaakov to give them. Well. As they had to choose, the task falls on us now. We must choose and choose wisely, for at any time, it could be our very last choice made. That's why Moses exhorted the children of Israel to choose life so that it would go well with them. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15. See, I have set before thee. This day, life and good and death and evil. And again, he repeated it in Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Therefore, I exhort you as well to choose life. It's not an easy road by far, but it is very rewarding if I must say so myself. This is a journey that takes a lifetime. However long that is will determine where you will end up for eternity. So again, I say, choose wisely. Either way, it's up to you. God bless you. My friends, my family, once again, We want to let you know the immense honor that it has been to spend this time together with you here on It's the Flat Out Truth podcast. Thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe. You can find the transcripts and links to the references made on the show on our WordPress site at It's the Flat Out com, Or click the links on our link tree at linktree forward slash It's the Flat Out Truth. Leave us a comment at it's the flat out truth at gmail.com. A special thank you to all of you who help support this show. Your help is greatly appreciated, as we could never do any of this alone. If you know someone who would enjoy the podcast, please feel free to forward it to them. We greatly appreciate it. Now, here's a little PSA. Pesach, or Passover, is drawing near. For all who follow Hashem's holy days, you need to start getting rid of your leavening from your homes, from your vehicles. Let us never, ever forget that we were once slaves in a foreign land and how Hashem led us out by his strong right hand. Now, with all this coronavirus stuff that's going around, please, please, please be safe. Wash your hands frequently and protect yourselves. Protect your loved ones. I'm leaving a link here so you can learn how to make your own hand sanitizer. You know, the world that we live in now is very, very different than what most of us are accustomed to. So please, keep alert. Stay informed. And above all, stay prayed up. This has been another episode of It's the Flat Out Truth Podcast. And I'm your host, Bravo Colon. Now may Hashem bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May He lift His countenance upon you and give you shalom. B'shem Yeshua M'shichinu. Amen. And amen.